Welcome to DTC Pod, where we take you behind the wheel with the best founders and operators of consumer brands. You'll learn the ins and outs of business from setting up shop, hitting your first million, scaling past eight figures, and even navigating an exit. As founders ourselves, our goal is to help you learn from the best as you build. Visit us at DTCPod.com to sign up for our weekly newsletter, join our founder community, and find additional resources from every episode. DTC Pod is brought to you by Trend, the creative solution for your brand. Go to trend.io to access thousands of creators for content needs such as product photography, unboxing videos, or even TikTok and IG organic creative. Use the code DTCPOD10 for 10% off your next content purchase. As a D2C brand, you need real-time financial visibility to save money and make better decisions. Waiting for books from slow and expensive bookkeepers that don't get e-commerce is slowing you down. Trusted by hundreds of brands, FinalLoop is a real-time accounting service built by D2C founders for D2C founders. Try FinalLoop completely free, no credit card required. Just visit finalloop.com slash D2C pod and get 14 days free and a two-month P&L within 24 hours with all the e-com data and breakdowns you need to crush it. What's up, DTC Pod? Today we're joined by Leo Pinchevsky, who is the founder and CEO of Final Loop. So, Leo, I'll let you kick us off. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your background and what you guys are building at Final Loop? Hey, guys. Um, thank you very much for hosting me. Um, so, um, we build basically everything around uh, the pain that every e commerce brand owner has, uh, which is managing uh, the bookkeeping in a way that can keep pace. Uh, with an e-commerce business, it's you know traditional traditional bookkeeping uh, was not meant for um, for e-commerce, and throughout the years, many people tried to uh, make patches, basically connect uh, the store with QuickBooks and connect uh, you know the banks and the different integration and the e-commerce loan providers. So a lot of patches, and it never worked. Um, you know, traditional bookkeeping just doesn't fit uh, the pace of an e-commerce biz. So we decided to rebuild it. Um, we provide real-time bookkeeping service uh, specifically tailored to DTC and e-commerce brands, which basically means that we um, we replace the accounting system, whether it's QuickBooks or Zero or NetSuite. Uh, we provide all the different integrations. Uh, that you need in order to manage your bookkeeping. And then we replace also the bookkeeper. So brands that are using us uh, don't have to hire a bookkeeper. Uh, we cover the entire process end-to-end and basically give you real-time numbers, solid numbers, 100% accurate numbers all the time. No month-end reconciliation, no reconciliation at all. Everything is true 100% of the time. Um, so people can actually make decisions uh, they can actually trust the numbers that they see and they can be data-driven instead of just making um, uh, gut-feeling decisions. Um, we also uh, very soon cover the entire IMS uh, portion of the business, basically the inventory management uh, system, which would be the first overall solution between accounting and inventory management, uh, specifically for DTC brands. So yeah, I'm very excited to get really deeper into the product and talk about uh, not only some of the the features you guys have, but also like your take on inventory versus accounting, how they tie together, how you guys productize that. But I'd love to, before we dive too far into product stuff, I, let's talk a little bit about your background. Um, you know, what's your personal background 
and what have you done before starting Final Loop, and what was kind of the inspiration to get you started to to build this as as your own company? Yeah, so I have um, I have uh, quite an interesting background, I'd say, um, uh, in terms of where I am today. So I started. I started as a, as an accountant and a lawyer. I studied accounting and um, and law in law school. Um, practiced uh, quite a few years in international tax M and A, uh, basically uh, cross border transactions for very large um, enterprises uh, on mainly on the tech and pharmaceutical industries. So I worked uh, for many years with PwC, uh, the big four accounting firm. Uh, started uh, very young, ended as as a partner uh, in the international tax practice. Um, half of my time in Tel Aviv, half of my time uh, in New York, and I always had uh, different side hustles. I'd say so. At the beginning, I I, I used to teach um, tax and accounting curse, uh, classes in in the university. Um, I started a few small businesses, some of them um, traditional, some of them uh, more on the tech side. One of the one of the businesses that I started is is actually a DTC brand, and the DTC brand was was a nice a nice combination between uh, a product and a service. Uh, basically, a company in the fertility space that help people um, preserve fertility from home instead of going to a clinic or a sperm bank. Um, so it's all about uh, DTC in the front. So people order everything through uh, through an online website and then service at the back end because uh, everything is sent to, uh, to a fertility center where um, the samples are getting tested and stored if, you, if they want. And throughout this experience, basically my accounting, tax, law background uh, got combined with uh, the DTC ecosystem, uh, the e-commerce ecosystem. I, 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 I was able to see the great explosion uh, of this space, uh, even regardless Corona and before Corona. Um, just so like... Um, how many great brands are created, how vibrant this ecosystem is. Um, and then I noticed and, and basically felt with my brand as well that there is no great financial solution. And to say the least great, um, you know, people just going from, um, you know, different outsourced service providers, uh, trying to find a bookkeeper, go to Upwork, um, try this software, that software. Um, but the bottom line, you never have numbers. Uh, you don't never have your financials, and they are always delayed. They're always um, has have ton, tons of mistakes. And then the opportunity was right there. I I didn't have much tech experience except for one small business that I sold for uh, for nothing. Uh, it was a location based restaurant offer, um, uh, but not not intensive uh, tech experience. But I just couldn't ignore the big opportunity of combining, I'd say the traditional word of, you know, accounting, finance, tax, uh, into the progressing word of, uh, of DTC. And this is, this is basically how Final Loop was born, 100% my own pain running my DTC brand myself. Yeah, and that's what I think, that's where a lot of the best companies are started. It's like when you have your own, you have a specific insight and then you have, you apply that insight to a pain that you've been working on, then you can kind of merge the two. 
and build out a solution. Uh, and if you, a lot of times, if you scratch your own itch, you're going to help out a lot of other people as well. So the next thing I'd like to talk about um, just regarding this sort of space is like, what were some of those light bulb moments for you when you were like, un because you obviously understood everything from an accounting perspective, and then you were running your D2C slash services sort of operation. Like what were the, what was the process before, right? Like without a service like final loop what is what are you doing so let, let let's let's make a bit of an order um on how financial operations of of a dtc brand um basically look like so cuz people sometimes confuse the the different functions so at the end of the day um you need financials and you need financials because you want to borrow a loan, you want to raise money, uh, you need to file your taxes, um, you need to pay estimates. So you have to have financials at some point. Um, the way to produce financial statements or books is to use an accounting system and to hire somebody that would work on the accounting system. The accounting system is never on autopilot. Um, you need an actual person to work on it. Um, I think two, three years ago, I saw many founders trying to deal with it uh, by themselves, which is, in my opinion, not the smart way to manage your business because as a founder, every minute that you invest in the business and in sales and marketing and things like that, it's times more important than doing bookkeeping. My dad, my dad used to to like doing his own bookkeeping, but I, 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 you know, it's 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 really not recommended. So you need to hire a person uh, to do that. Um, sometimes you go to uh, to an outsource of outsource firm. Sometimes you just get a freelancer. Sometimes you hire uh, a part-time person internally. But you need somebody to work on the books. Uh, who is the bookkeeper. Then you have two more people in the loop. One is the tax CPA, is the person that is going to file your taxes, uh, which is not necessarily the same person that manages the, the books. And then um, as the brand grows, you would hire probably a CFO or a fractional CFO. So this would be the person that would use the books and use the financial statements to help you manage your financial health better. Uh, make projections, understand your budget, uh, cut on costs, um, strategize um, a fundraising round. So this would be the CFO. Each function is is a bit uh, is a bit different. Now, um, basically, the the bookkeeping process is the first two functions that I spoke about. It would be uh, choosing software on which your financials are going to run. And then second, hire this person that would run it um, in a decent way, in a way that you can trust uh, the the financials. So this this would be uh, basically the, the the setup that you'll have. And uh, based on or based on the books, uh, you as a business founder can make decisions and understand what you're doing and understand your profitability and you understand uh, what's the next steps in terms of your uh, financial health that are recommended for you and for your business. Yeah, this is, um, there's a lot to unpack in, in each one of those faces. And especially for e-commerce businesses where the cash flow is like so hard to manage, it's absolutely critical. So if we go back to the first phase where you mentioned that, you know, you have to hire someone, what do you have to say to e-commerce founders that say, well, we could use, use QuickBooks. Like what's, what's broken with using QuickBooks, for example, compared to final loop? 
So as you said, the uh, and and that was my experience as well, and ties back to um, to the previous question. Basically, you go and find a bookkeeper, and uh, the bookkeeper would usually bring bring in the accounting software. But my experience was I moved with my business uh, probably six bookkeepers because I went to the first one and the first one started to ask me questions. And after five minutes, I understood that this guy has no clue how e-commerce business um, is operating. And then I moved to the second one. It was much nicer, but he didn't get e-commerce and the books were always full of mistakes. So you went from one bookkeeper to another bookkeeper and you never get decent books. You never get your numbers. Everything is in delay. Everything is, um, you know, you, you need to always chase. Um, did you close my books? Yes, I close my books, but then I find uh, 10 mistakes. Uh, so yeah, we need more time, but you end up with no financials. Um, so you need to find this bookkeeper who can work fast, understand e-commerce, and can process tons of transactions um, in in a correct way where most of the e-commerce integrations are hacked by other integrations, right? If you go to Shopify mm -hmm. today and you want to understand the sales, you have 20 apps, returns apps, uh, discount apps, uh, many apps that would go to the Shopify API and tweak it so they can provide their service. At the end of the day, the human being needs to get all this information and manage it uh, in a way that would um, give any benefit to, to the business and they just can't do it. So you go to this person, they're trying to manage your books, they're bringing the accounting software. Ramon, you, you mentioned QuickBooks, uh, but QuickBooks Zero, NetSuite, all these guys depending on uh, how large is your e-commerce brand would be relevant. However, these are cars and you need a driver. Now, um, the driver is the main thing here. The car is the software that they use, but also the car um, is not an e-commerce car. Um, both QuickBooks Zero NetSuite are, are basically a ledger. They You throw in information and then you need somebody here to arrange the information, but it's a generic ledger. It's not meant and it's not built for e-commerce. So you need to start bringing in different integrations. Um, and what you get is a generic software that your lawyer uses and your accountant user uses and the nonprofit uses, and it's just not tailored or meant or built for e-commerce. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've had my share of experience where, you know, you have the person, you have the, the tools like QuickBooks and everything. And yet I personally still would have to categorize stuff month after month. I'm like, this is the same stuff I've already had to categorize. Um, and as a founder, you have, you know, 20,000 things to deal with on a daily basis. Um, another thing I'd like to unpack here is, uh, and just to help out founders that might be going through this, the other like uh, existing alternative is when you get a big accounting firm that say, we will cover everything. We'll do the bookkeeping. We'll do the accounting. We'll get you a fractional CFO and we will do the financial projections. And I've been in those shoes myself and, um, the danger with that could be that then you're locked in. Um, then you don't want to just switch your bookkeeping because then they say, well, we're doing your accounting, we're doing your projections. And if you try to change one thing within there, everything sort of breaks. You're a founder, you're super busy to switch systems. Um, so I'm just a little bit curious now to know how, how would life look like for a founder if they were to start with Final Loop? from the very beginning compared to using these integrated systems? 
Yeah, it's a great, it's, it's an actually great question. And I, I, I want to, um, uh, with your permission, I want to talk yeah, yeah, do about it. then the, then the yeah. second part. So first of all, as a matter of fact, uh, we have um, hundreds of brands that worked with outsourced accounting firms that um, provided them the entire service, bookkeeping, uh, CFO services, and tax services. And they moved uh, to Final Loop for their bookkeeping. Um, and their, the same team that they used are now leveraging Final Loop. And they're super happy. Um, they may lose the bookkeeping work, but I'll tell you a secret. Even for these firms, the bookkeeping work is usually a loss-making part of the business that is just meant um, to cross-finance the more profitable part of the business, which is the CFO and the taxes. So even these firms end up being very happy because they cut a loss-making line of business for them. And now they can use us to provide the more high-value high, high services uh, to the brands. The brands are super happy because they get real-time data. And they're super happy because all of the sudden, they can actually get added value stuff from these firms. Because what actually happened, you hire a firm to do three things, and most of the time they're struggling with the bookkeeping. So you pay a CFO level of fees and you are getting um, a bookkeeping service by smart people. The problem with smart people doing bookkeeping um, is that it's not about being smart or not smart. It's just that even you t if you take the smart the, the smartest people on earth, they would struggle processing such um, a, an intensive um, um, amount of information that in e-commerce, um, the e-commerce e different uh, uh, tools uh, contain. So even the smartest person cannot manage books in a proper way. So even when you have this all-inclusive setup, we see brands shifting to Final Loop and then uh, everybody is, is just happier afterwards. Um, and then, um, oh, sorry, I forgot, uh, I, I forgot the first question. So yeah, so, so it, it, one way is to go to uh, you know, people that are already in outsourced. And, and I think that, uh, that you ask what if you don't have the, the outsourced firm, then what's the, what's the stack that you'd have? But then it's, it, it becomes really simple. Um, you can use us for, as your accounting software, as your bookkeeper, as your, um, with all the integrations included. Then the only thing that you need to bring uh, on board is a CFO and a tax person. Some CFOs would also do the tax. Uh, we can do the tax as well. Um, it's not a very, um, it, it's, it's something that we do in order to help brands put everything under one roof, uh, but we also work with a lot of tax CPAs. So you would, you, we, you would use Final Loop for your bookkeeping end to end. And then you would bring a, a CFO that would provide you insight based on the data, based on the real-time data. This, this is going to be the best stack because um, we would cost you pretty much, I would say, between 40 to 50% of what you would pay 
uh, in traditional bookkeeping. So you have savings right there. And then the CFO would actually provide you value because they have the numbers that they need in order to provide this value. So it's a win-win for everybody. So it seems like one of the main opportunities that you were really productizing was the fact that uh, traditional accountants have a certain way of doing business. They serve a lot of different businesses. You guys were able to not only specialize down into e-commerce, but leverage all the different points of connection in that specific landscape. So all the APIs that Shopify provides, as well as the other marketplaces where payments are flowing from um, and all these different things to build a software solution to specifically support this this uh, this ecosystem. Does that kind of sound accurate for what the opportunity was kind of, you know, move away from just saying, oh, let's let's offload all the manual work we can and productize it into SaaS because we have all these available data connectors instead of just like jerry-rigging our own system into something like a traditional QuickBooks or something like that and building an agency, right? Yes, exactly. Um, we figured out that if we use any of the existing solution, we would just make another patch on um, on fundamentals or infrastructure that is not meant for e-commerce. So we basically built a vertical product. We built a, ver a vertical product in a vertical that I know um, very closely because of my business. And we built a vertical product in a space that has many tax-savvy people. Uh, the e-commerce founders are early adapters in nature. Um, they are probably the first ones that would say, I understand that I can use a SaaS product in replacement for my old stock and my bookkeeper. Um, and we built everything around. And, and the third, I, I would say the third, the third branch is e-commerce is probably one of the only places yet that most of the data is hived up and can be accessed through secure APIs and processes. Um, you wouldn't have the same thing in many other industries. So, you know, all the cards uh, say e-commerce. The approach is a vertical approach. We serve only e-commerce. We don't do anything outside of e-commerce. We don't do startups. We don't do traditional industries. We don't even do brick and mortar uh, retail, although it's pretty it's pretty close in nature to e-commerce. Um, so we are basically the first company that um, building specifically in the accounting space for e-commerce. Um, and then the approach is a very tech-oriented approach because um, when you build vertically, you can actually get deep with the tech that you have. Yeah, and, and the next question that I have to follow that up is in terms of building this product, right? Like what was the roadmap? Because every e-commerce, like e-commerce businesses are very similar at a structural level. A lot are built on Shopify, a lot serve different spaces, but then as they start to grow, they start to get slightly more complex, right? They sell in different channels. They manage inventory differently. They have different 3PLs. Some you get data from, some you don't. So so I'd love, I'm really interested to know when you started to like build your product, what, what was like the MVP or the 1.0, what did you do at that stage? And then how, like, how did you decide what areas of the rest of the e-commerce stack to start to fold in, to be able to support more and more commerce merchants? Yeah, it's a super question. Um, and, and it, it's one of the 
biggest pain points that we have uh, internally with what we build. And it's, um, it's very different from many other technology SaaS companies. So a- a- as you mentioned, usually in technology, you want to build small MVP starting, you know, start getting feedbacks from the market, then build another layer and another layer and another layer. With us, um, it's, it's, uh, we're, we're a different animal. Um, we are somewhere between an infrastructure company and an SaaS company. So, you know, we built on one side a ledger, a full ledger. And then on the other side, uh, we need to add SaaS features to this ledger. Um, this is unique because if you think about bookkeeping, um, either I do your bookkeeping or I don't do your bookkeeping and then you need to get a bookkeeper. If I go to a brand and then um, I tell them, hey, uh, we're going to solve your bookkeeping, but we're going to solve it 72%, um, you know, they will tell me, okay, but how, how do I get the rest, right? I, need, I, I still need a person to do the rest. So we have this challenge of a very broad MVP before we can be viable. Um, just, just, as a, just as a benchmark, we raised already almost $20 million, everything um, except probably a portion of my salary go to R&D. So we heavily investing in R&D. Um, compared to our size, we have a very big team of devs and we put a lot of effort in the product. So um, it, 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 you know, it became the MVP um, and as we speak, we are adding more and more features. So I mentioned the inventory, for example. So we started without the inventory management. Uh, we basically expect people to use another IMS and then, you know, plug the numbers in, in our system so it pushed down to the books. Um, but as we grow into a more, I would say, um, classic SaaS company, we had more and more features. We figured out that people have tremendous pain with their inventory management. So we basically build the first integrated system between accounting and inventory management. So everything is a native system, one native system. So MVP is large. Um, we took us time uh, to finish, but now we have a quite uh, robust software that can serve many brands successfully. Yeah, and I think that part is really, uh, really exciting for for the types of businesses that really fit the venture model, right? There's some markets that are massive, and the opportunity is huge. And you, if you can build that platform layer, which it seems like you guys are really going after, but like you said, the bar to be able to get there is you need to be able to support all these different use cases before the product is truly viable in the market, versus something where it's just a little tool or feature, and then you're good to go. So. Um, that leads me into my next question, which you kind of brought up around inventory management, right? So what is the link between inventory management, bookkeeping? How should brands be thinking about it? What are their current ways of man- managing their inventory? And what are some of the, you know, what's your experience to date with starting to productize out the inventory side of the picture? Yeah. So originally when we started, we didn't, we didn't think that we would need to ever uh, build inventory features within Final Loop. Um, 
we 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 thought that final loop would be um a full service accounting solution uh to replace exactly the software the bookkeeper the integrations you would have everything uh within our software and then we can integrate with inventory management system to just bring your uh inventory and cogs and uh skews in um what we saw in the past two years is that the fact that accounting is not integrated with inventory is a huge pain for the brands and even if they use an inventory management system uh, since it's not connected to the purchases to the bank transactions to the different costs that they have uh, the inventory management system and most of the time is not updated they don't have the numbers to put in our system and this number is Obviously, the cogs is a crucial number um, for an e-commerce brand in addition to the marketing spend and the marketing budget and shipping sometimes. Um, so we decided that it's important enough uh, to bring it uh, into our software and started to build the inventory features. Um, we're gonna draw up um, we we already have a beta. version of it we're gonna drop Shopify uh, real-time cogs in about a week and a half then we're gonna get Amazon in in about three weeks and I think this is um, going to be a, 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 um, a great news to our users that are um, I, I, I can't like I can't express how many requests we get a day for inventory features um, as well as for supporting Canada. because we are only US right now but uh, for inventory features um, this is going to be a great news for our users and would um, I think it would allow us to accept many many more users that can now benefit from IMS and accounting within the same platform that, that gets really interesting because you can start getting into better and better forecasting with your costs of raw materials and You know are you foreseeing a change in inventory prices for the future what if volume is X what's going to be the exact profit margin etc and that's just a tool that just doesn't exist you mean you have spreadsheets for that and still even still um it not every founder likes opening up the spreadsheet that if they touch one thing it breaks the whole thing apart so um that's that's very exciting um but What, what does it look like today specifically for inventory management? Like how would you use the inventory management tool within final loop? If you, you know, I know it's, we don't have a, a, a visual demo here, um, but if I were to interact, what are some of the things I can use it for today within inventory? Yeah. So currently, if, 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 if you think about final loop, you're getting P&L balance sheet, um, cash flow, and KPIs. In real time everything in real time um, if 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 we ask hundred brand owners right now how many how much money in cash and in profit they did yesterday hundred percent would tell you that they don't know they know roughly how the business is doing they don't know exactly how it's doing and the difference in um, 20 23 um, between roughly and exactly is huge so um, the base 
solution of final loop is just to tell you how your business is doing every second. The PNL, the cash flow, the balance sheet, your liabilities, everything. The piece that we missed in order to make it perfect is just the real-time codes that uh, would be integrated um, right now. And then when you have the full PNL and you have the COGS and the COGS is sourced in the different SKUs, then the next step is to tell you how much profit in real time you make on a certain SKU that you're selling. Um, one of the most common uh, pitfalls for brands is that they have 50 SKUs, 10 of them are loss-making, 40 of them are profitable, and then the profitable cross-finance the loss-making and they don't even know about it. So the next phase of Final Loop is taking um, the PNL, which is real-time, split it into line of businesses and then per SKU. Then we're going to tell you, hey, you know, this is how much you made on this SKU last week. This is how um, much money you made on this SKU um, last year. And maybe you need to shut it down. Maybe you need to change the economics. Um, maybe you need to sell more of this. Maybe your ROAS is incorrect because um, it's based on return on sales, but then when you look per SKU, you need to shift budget to other SKUs. So when I talk about inventory, I'm not just talking about how much units you have in stock and where are your stockouts. I think this is, I would say, the simpler part of inventory. It just tell you what your SKUs are really doing, which I think this is basically the, the, the most important part because it also um, interrelated to how you manage your ad spend, to where you put your budget, to how much, you know, sometimes you know that, right? Um, if, if you go on Twitter, um, you know, you, you, you see uh, tons of discussions about ROAS and how to calculate ROAS and how to, you know, how I shifted uh, this budget from, you know, from this campaign to that campaign and I boost sales in uh, 25% and sometimes 250%, right? Um, I think this is not the right way to look at it. I think ROAS should be measured by net profit. So you need to go to the net profit and then you set your marketing budget. Um, I think Final Loop in a few months would let you determine ROAS not on a sales or revenue basis, but on a net penny basis minus uh, your salary. So you basically take the profit um, that you expect. Uh, so you also get uh, um, get some salary as a founder, and then you plan your marketing budget. And I think this is going to be the next phase of Final Loop. So I think this part is really exciting because I think you're right in terms of the way a lot of people think about business and the, with the tools that exist, it's really easy to just, you know, look at a Shopify dashboard and be like, this is how much money I'm making when behind the scenes, there's so many other things that are going on. I think uh, one key component of that, as you mentioned, is getting down to the SKU level because not all SKUs are created equal in not only the COGS to produce the good, but then when you factor in return rate on the specific good, the profit margin of that SKU, how much it costs to ship that specific item, 
you know, it might be cheaper to cost to ship a t-shirt versus a, uh, you know, a suitcase or something, right? So there's all these different cogs that go into each SKU that make up the business. So while you might be like, oh, I had the most profitable day ever, if you're selling something that costs a lot, costs you more to sell it than you may even realize, um, you're into trouble. One, one thing that comes to mind is I was speaking with, um, one of the guys that runs operations at Revolve, they're like a mass, the massive um, e-tailer. And, you know, for him, the way they were thinking about running the business, it's not just about dr exclusively driving conversion. It's about how do we drive conversion on the items that we want to be, be selling that have the highest, um, you know, opportunity for profit. Not just if I'm driving massive conversion on an item that's being returned all the time, well, you know what? I'm paying for those returns. So um, I think the savvy sort of founders and a big opportunity to unlock is like what you were saying when you're merging the two. Now you really start to get to, okay, what are the inputs of my business that are leading to the most profitability instead of just the most, uh, you know, conversion, because that could go in a whole bunch of different ways. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So if, if, Final loop phase one um, was all about, you know, you have this burden of doing your bookkeeping. Um, you have this burden of filing your taxes. Uh, there is no good way to do it today. We're going to do it for you. We're going to give you the numbers in real time. Then the next phase is giving you the tools to be a better business owner, a better founder. Um, uh, um, manage a financially healthier um, company, which is, um, you know, the things that we are focused on uh, for the next few months. Leo, Leo, one other thing I wanted to talk to you about is just, you know, from your vantage point, what are some of the most common pitfalls that founders might fall into? I think like I just kind of talked about a couple where people might be, you know, not able to track down sales to the specifics you know, input costs, um, et cetera. But like, what are some other things, whether it's around taxes, whether it's around uh, cost to manufacture, whether it's around shipping, like what are some, like from the bookkeeper's point of view, what are some of the opportunities that founders really should be paying attention to, to optimize their business and, and make more profit? So I think let, let's start with the high level and go to the low level. In the, in the very high level, as a founder, you need to ask yourself whether you understand your profits. And Again, I'm, I'm, I'm repeating this point because it's so important. I roughly know what my, my business is doing. It's not accurately or the last week or yesterday. Um, ask yourself these questions as a founder because you need to know the answer in order to manage a data-driven business and make data-driven decisions. So first of all, you need to ask yourself how much money I make one, profit. Second, cash flow, right? So you can have a business that is profitable and then you can still be cash flow negative. So after you ask yourself how much money I make on every SKU, how much money I make as a company, ask yourself whether I have enough cash to support my growth. If not, then don't grow until you have this money. Um, we see many companies and many DTC brands, they don't understand their cash flow. Um, 
and sometimes confuses cash flow with profits and loss and losses. Um, you can be profitable, then you make a huge inventory purchase just to finance your growth. All of a sudden, two months after, you're out of cash. You are going to raise capital, you're getting squeezed. Um, you don't want to raise capital, you go to get financing. The next pitfall is you need financing, you need financing now. If you go to the bank, they will tell you, hey, uh, we need these covenants. Uh, we need to understand, uh, you know, the, the, um, your projections and your financial history. And then you need uh, um, to do a lot of work around that and due diligence and things like that. So you would go to the e easier path, path of getting merchant cash advance um, and different other uh, line of credits that you can get uh, from e-commerce uh, loan providers. And then um, I would say the pitfall there is to really understand what you're getting to uh, because some of the providers would tell you, hey, you have this loan for 10%, uh, whereas the effective rate is 30% uh, because you have different uh, terms and conditions to how the loan is uh, uh, operates. And then you end up months uh, for in the future saying, I'm out of cash. I'm out of cash because I didn't project my cash flow. So profit, cash flow, uh, be reasonable with financing. Don't uh, run getting uh, a lot of finances to purchase inventory with un without understanding um, what it entails and the cash flow that would be resulting for this financing. So these are, I would say, the three the three main areas that um, that I see brands struggle with. Um, then on the tax side, the tax side is is a bit different. I think it's all about, um, you know, um, taking advantage of certain opportunities that you sometimes overlook. I think the DTC space overall leave millions of or, or hundred millions of taxes on the table. Um, just examples, uh, picking up the wrong entity, right? You have different entities that you can uh, use. You can use an S-Corp. You can use an LLC, which is a partnership. You can, you can, you can use uh, a C-Corporation. Each entity would have certain uh, pros and cons that you need to consider. If you, are, uh, if you anticipate to exit, uh, you're better off being a C-Corp. Uh, if you're profitable and you want to save or s on, on self-employment taxes, you would pick uh, an S-Corp. Uh, so there are many different considerations on how to incorporate or move from one incorporation to another incorporation. And then just many um, deductions and opportunity to save money, whether it's an accountable plan that can give you a deduction at the level of the company without uh, an income pickup on your individual level, um, whether it's different uh, local regimes that you can opt in and enjoy um, uh, benefits and grants, whether it's um, just um, um, a certain deduction or credit that you could have uh, take advantage of and you didn't know about it. So um, I think with DTC, in terms of taxes, it's, you know, you don't know what you don't know and you need somebody to tell you this, but if the somebody is not an expert in e-commerce, they would not know 
things that are um, happening in the e-commerce space, which are not relevant to a, to a dental office. So here, the recommendation is like, use somebody that has a specific e-commerce experience. Um, on our side, we try to help founders get all the deduction that they can and don't let go opportunities for uh, tax saving or tax opportunities, but we do the same thing with the cost side. So it's on, not only about the taxes, it's also about uh, just the financials, bookkeeping, and um, cost saving. Yeah, th there, there are so many different levers to pull. Um, and I think that's so interesting. And especially one thing I wanted to go back to, it, uh, I want to talk a little bit more about tax, but on the entity setup, um, because I know a lot of founders who are getting started think about that. What are most D2C brands set up as, right? In SaaS, every, if, you're, if you're a SaaS company and you're venture back, you're a C-Corp. But in the D2C space, right, you start seeing a couple more companies, maybe they're more environmentally friendly. They're setting up as B Corps or transitioning to B Corps. You've got S Corps, you've got C Corps, you've got LLCs. So what are, what are what do you typically see and you know what's the right fit for what sort of business? Yeah. So most of the brands start as an LLC. So they set up an LLC. Um, which could be um you know, the right way of doing things at the beginning. Then, as your business grow, you would have, I think, a decision to make between converting into an S-Corp or as a C-Corp. The main advantage of an S-Corp is the ability to pay yourself um, part of the compensation through distributions and not through salary. And by doing that, you would save around 16% of self-employment tax, which is quite significant. Um, the threshold that you usually recommend to think about is um, 40 to 50,000. Um, so as you get profitable and you think that you can um, take a salary of around forty to fifty thousand dollars. This is the right time to think about converting to an S corp. So this would be one option. The second uh, path that founders take is, especially for venture backed uh, DTC brands or uh, for brands that um, that believe that in a few years they're going to exit uh, the company. Then we see many people convert to a C corp because you can make the QSBS selection, which is basically an election that is only relevant to a C-Corp. Uh, there's a minimum holding time, but if you meet the minimum holding time, then basically all the capital gain from selling the shares in your business is not subject to tax, which is obviously a huge, huge, huge uh, benefit that people should uh, should enjoy amazing and then on the other side of things right so like when it comes to taxes things like write-offs deductions etc um you know why don't we talk a little bit about that side of the landscape like what what do brands do right if they're you know for example like returned items damage items are they writing them off are they reselling them like what are some of the ways that brands can think about um you know optimizing uh around 
the the tax that they're going to be paying. Yeah. So you know, my our general recommendations to brands is to make money and not make deductions. Um, right. I rather uh, make hundred and pay taxes than uh, losing and take a deduction. So that's uh, that's probably a general uh, recommendation. Um, then the the second recommendation would be if you lose money or you pay costs, then make sure you pick them up as deductions and don't lose them. And then, um, so, you know, um, it, it can be, and, and, and by the way, the fact that uh, Final Loop is a closed system um, that is always reconciled basically makes sure that nothing is left behind. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, but as a general concept, um, you always want to um, accelerate deductions, right? And push income if you can. So for example, if uh, uh, we have a process that uh, before tax time, um, we have the screen when you review all your invoices and you basically write off open invoices because when you issue an invoices, you basically recognize income. And if you don't close it by the end of the year, then you would pay tax this year. Um, and then maybe um, next year you're going to be in a loss position, but you already financed the tax. Um, so, you know, you want to close the invoices. You want to recognize bad debt when you can. Uh, you want to, uh, as you said, deduct inventory that is not, uh, uh, not in use, whether it's low inventory or dead inventory. Um, you want to take advantage of different um, legit deductions that you can take in the business. So I mentioned accountable plan. Accountable plan, for example, if you get into accountable plan is an agreement um, that you as an employee uh, of the business, even if you're the founder of the business, can get with the company in which they would cover, the company would cover certain deductions, personal deductions that you have. So if you work from home, the company can cover uh, part of your home office expenses, whether it's utilities or internet or many other expenses, rent, mortgage, um, that you pay on your personal level, travel, um, and some other expenses. Now, the nice thing is that the company would get a deduction. And then for you personally, it would be an offset. So you won't pay tax on the personal level. The company enjoys uh, an entity level deduction. Um, so, um, you know, another another opportunity that we see a lot of brands taking right now is um, there's a, there's a new rule uh, on the federal level that uh, for for pass through entities such as LLCs and S corps and partnerships, uh, there's basically a cap uh, on how much state tax you can deduct, and for states like New York and California, this could be um, a major limitation. Uh, you can deduct up to 10k a year. Uh, of state tax. So if you are resident or, 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 or you have presence in a high state tax jurisdiction, um, you can basically deduct uh, the state level tax on the entity level and not on your personal level. The benefit of it is that you're not subject to the 10K limitation, which means that you can take the full deduction, not subject to the 10K based on the local uh, state tax rules. 
it is a huge benefit. Uh, there's some steps that uh, that people need to take. Uh, specifically for New York, uh, it's a tricky one. You have six days uh, from now, uh, so it's uh, March 15, uh, to make an election. And the tricky part is the, the election is for 2023. So it's a, it's a forward-looking uh, election. So brand founders in... In New York, this is this is the time to, to, to make the election, and then you can deduct the state tax and not be subject to the 10K limitation. Um, I can talk another hour of different opportunities, but um, I, I would invite people just to sign up to Final Loop and you know enjoy all of them um, instead of hearing this uh, tax technical discussion. That uh, no, I, I I love it. I I think it's. Uh... It's it's great and it's so important, right? Because like a lot of these things are can really save your business a whole bunch of headaches and actual money. Uh, and like you were saying, it's they're not always so obvious. So um, for anyone that's listening, um, where can they connect with you? Where can they find out more about Final Loop um, and you know save some money? Maybe yeah. So it's uh it, it's uh it's pretty easy. Uh, they just go to finalloop.com and sign up. Uh, we have uh, two weeks free trial. We don't require any credit card, so you can just sign up without uh, any commitment. You would get your first PNL for free, completely for free. In real time, you can experience the system and see if it's a good fit. Then on top of the uh, software, we have a team of experts, uh, which is, it's, it's quite a unique um, setup because if you think about traditional accounting firms, you would have a focal point which is somebody that would answer the questions. We have specific teams in every facet of e-commerce. So we have an inventory team and we have a revenue team and we have a payroll team and loans team. And each team is um, composed of the best experts you would find in this area of e-commerce and it's all about e-commerce. So. On top of the software, if you ever have question, you get immediate response by the best experts within two hours. Um, so this is a service that you get on top of the software, knowing that many of the founders and uh, even internal finance people are not experts in every part of the business. No, I think that's it's such a huge asset for uh, businesses and founders to be able to get that not only industry-specific software but as well as like the knowledge to all the different components uh of it so anyway just want to thank you for coming on dtc pod had a great time uh learning a, a little bit uh more about tax and finance and bookkeeping and everything that you need as uh as a brand on on that side of the house so um you know we look forward to seeing you guys continue to grow support more brands and thanks for coming on the show yeah thank you leo thank you so much for for hosting me really appreciate it yeah ready thanks for tuning in and we hope you enjoyed this episode of dtc pod if you enjoyed the show we'd love your support a rating and a review would go a long way as we continue to host the best builders in dtc and beyond follow and subscribe to the show and make sure to check out our show notes where you can find our socials and weekly newsletter Visit us on dtcpod.com to join our founder community and access resources from every episode. We'll see you on the next pod.